Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Hey everybody, it's Todd. I want to welcome you to part two of Marshall 101, where we're going to continue our deep discussion uh, about uh, the history of Marshall, at least as as we can gather it. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, episode number one, and you're back for the closeout here. And w- we have a lot more to talk about, so uh, hang in there and uh, hope you enjoy the show. 70s, but non-master heads. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I well, let's talk. Let's yeah. talk about that because yeah. we we shift over in this category from originally JTMs, and around uh, what was 67? it sixty seven is when Terry leaves and yeah, and yeah. and they become JMPs, which yeah. stands for Jim Marshall Products, and. Well, is it? Can, can, can I break in real quick? Yeah, I noticed in the notes that um, in the fifty watt series, which we were talking about the plexis, this is where we're seeing the EL thirty fours introduced. Is that? Is yep. that that's they, correct. They were at the same time. So uh, yeah, so it was uh, six late sixty six was is when they started. Sorry, I got back up because that. I mean that's six, that's a pretty yeah that's a pretty big change in sound between sixty six yeah yeah and 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 I I don't think it was like oh we're going for a different sound here I think that was more like okay what's what's really, available we, we're now cranking out some numbers here right we need to make this a little more standard so we don't have to keep you know shuffling right. for parts kind of yeah so the, the KT sixty sixes were hard to find and notoriously. Uh, were they a little more yeah, finicky? They, yeah, they were very finicky. Yeah. And, and, so. and a, like f- a bit of a fatter kind of a KT-66 sound KT-66 has yeah. got a wider frequency response. Yeah. Where okay. an EL-34 is definitely more narrow, yeah. forward sounding, yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay, so, good. But, but I just yeah, wanted I, to establish that. I doubt if there was anybody in the engineer department going, you know what would sound better? Yeah. It was just a matter of Jim going, hey, i got to buy these by the <laughs> dozens <laughs> now. Yeah, but but that's... a supplier thing, right? Yeah. That's a lot. That's most of the decisions in the 60s were supply, not... Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but that is one of the major factors on, on how you're we right. choose amps. No, uh, do I want it to sound like a 6L6? Do I want it to sound like EL34? No, you're absolutely right. KT66? And, and that goes to the classic sound, like if, if, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think in a classic super lead or anything of that well, era is definitely EL34. Right. You heard it. Okay, go ahead, Tony. And uh, also, well, actually not until the 70s, mid-70s, that's when I guess master volume became kind of the standard Yeah, and that's the later models. thing. And, uh, you know, that... I have mixed feelings about well, before, master volume. Before you get to but. that, can I touch on something that Chris was talking about? Yeah. About the different sounds and how through the 70s, um, what what he's played on sounds more uh, aggressive mm-hmm. and, and raunch sounding. Um, I think part of that has to do with, number one, the circuit. They definitely they, they separated the circuits more and more. So you had the 50-watt bass model, which was a 1986 model. Am I mm-hmm. right on that? Yeah. Versus the guitar lead version, which was 1987, the the channels were EQ'd differently. But then even as you went later on, different transformers yet. Um, later ones were running on higher plate voltage, weren't they generally? I think so. And the, did the bright cap value change? Did they? No. They always used 470 picofarad bright caps on, on the super lead okay. and super bases. Um, so the value wouldn't have changed. Um, but... You know, go back to uh, um, um, supply. You know, supplying parts stuff. They weren't picky about 
you know, we have to use this brand of cap and this brand of this. So, and that's a big thing for me is, and you'll probably contest to this, you, you play through one 72 and be like, boy, that's a dog. And then you pick up the next 72 and it sounds like God. Yeah. They had they use different that's parts. That's dog backwards. Hey, how about that? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is interesting. Fender Fender was more cons- way more consistent. Way more consistent by this time. I've had Marshalls where the circuit boards. There's three different types. There's the mustard caps or these like chiclet type caps, which I think sound great. And there's another type of cap you can see on Chiclet's these. Chiclet's a type of Mexican gum. Yeah. So the, anyway, they use different parts a lot, and and it's it's tough because the the cosmetics changed a lot, and you still see JMP, but like there were flat lip head boxes up through like 68 69 then they changed to this more rounded and and then there's like the seven the 50 watts were, were the small box up until 71 then the 50 watts were the big box same it, as the 100 watt it, without it, the vent and let me break in here you may look and go okay this is going to this cosmetics in it but it just so happens to have one of the transformers from three years ago because they found it on a shelf <laughs> right yeah so it, <laughs> yeah. it is tricky yeah. and that's kind of part of the fun a little bit too because once you know what a good one sounds like, you can you can have a lot of fun. And you'll see some, once you know what a good one sounds like, and there are pretty consistently good ones, you can find one that's been modded a lot, and that someone like Rob can put back into stock that maybe doesn't have as much value but can sound really, really good. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to, in, before, yeah. so, so, so that that's the whole evolution through the 70s, yes. is, is you have different components sourced slightly different they've aged differently put all that together so a, a 1959 from model from 1975 is not going to sound like a 1959 from 68 necessarily and they were hand wired up through 73 and they started doing a printed circuit board but it was a robust circuit board it wasn't like small parts i mean they were the same parts huge mustard caps beautiful my, my 74s got the circuit board and it sounds killer it's beautiful um, I've sold Plexis and kept that one. So I mean, it's the circuit boards they used up through the you know even like the early '80s were pretty good. I mean, yeah. you can yeah, test don't let the, don't let the word circuit board sway you. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. hand wired is easy to work on, but those you know the it, amps were still sweet it, even though they had. But that's that's a defining factor as far as collectors. Right. Small box versus big box '50s, Plexi versus metal panel, and then the hand wired up through '73, and then circuit board afterwards. Not necessarily a sound is a problem, but the collector mm-hmm. issue. And to that point, I, I don't I don't think a lot of people even uh, necessarily realize. <laughs> Sorry. I did not mean to do that. I just hit Chris so I just in the face Chris with the, the microphone. Yeah. I'm nice. That, that was yeah. rude. I, I, I've been misbehaving on my mic I, technique, so he's been keeping me in line. I just want and, everybody to hear you. And he's like, yeah. man, I've been doing this the whole show. I think you're going to need a little contact here to remind you. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I it's all good. The bunk it's a very, very soft microphone. Just just wait until he uses the electric buzzer. Yeah. Anyways, okay, please Anyways, continue. Please yeah, sorry continue. to go crazy on that. One thing, last thing I would say is that those plexis are pretty they they roar like a lion but they're very clean I mean they clean they they are you got to work hard on them and that's why you do need even the master volume heads they are still pretty clean pretty classic sounding but there's more gain you feel a little bit easier to play the plexis you do need to wrestle with them and that's why I think a lot of the players were having a modded and up through the 80s which we can start picking up um but like eddie you know he was reducing the voltage on him he was trying to get hotter pickups so they were trying to really hit the front end of these these amps because they are super clean and one of the reasons i sold some of my master volume heads even though that i loved playing and i actually have been shopping for them lately i love those amps was because I, it was harder to find the older heads in good shape, and you can always throw a boost in front of it. But you definitely need some overdrive. 
drive, um, even as gainy as they can get, they're still pretty clean. Oh, yeah. Single notes, especially. I, I want to touch on the. Uh, now, I re remember reading a story, and, and all the Eddie Aficionados can even throw a rock. I think we actually confirmed this with Chris Gill. Mm. Yeah, you did. Um, so, yeah, the the whole. Re well, we'll get into the attenuation then. We're, we'll hit that, save that, and save my Eddie story for that. Okay, go. Save your story. So, we're approaching the end of the 70s. And the deal, uh, the distribution deal with Rose Morris is coming to an end. And uh, Rose Morris is a distributor in the UK. Got it. Uh, just in case you're wondering. They also have a giant music store there, too. Um, but anyhow, the um, I don't know if it was Jim or whoever at, 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 at Marshall decided that they needed to come up with a new model that they were going to use with their own distribution. And that became what we call the JCM 800. Now, essentially most, especially the early ones. 81 and 91. <laughs> 81 through 91. Well, that's the same thing. 81 and 91. No, 81 to years. 91. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All okay. right. We'll take that. Right. We'll accept that answer. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, most of the JCM 800s were essentially, uh, as we were talking about the, the model 1959, uh, with very little changes. So these now the, the 800s all had circuit boards. Is that right? Okay. Well, actually, we got to back up a little bit. Okay. Around up. around 76, um, they were still JMPs. They were still under Rose Morse distribution, yada yada. But they started making master volume models. Ah, okay. As early as 76. Now we've referenced master volume a few times. Why is the vaster volume important? Okay, so up until this point, all the models had, um, well, not all the models. Let's say the, the 50 and 100 watt uh, lead and base models had four inputs, two channels. You had a brilliant channel and a normal channel, and both had high and low inputs, right? So it was basically a two-channel amp. You could dial in the volumes. Those volumes were at the very beginning of the circuit. There was no master volume. There was no gain with a master. It was just a single volume okay. for each channel. And basically, when you turn those up to get preamp gain, the amp also rose to 190 decibels. Right. <laughs> the master volumes allowed you, you had a gain control. You had actually, they called it preamp, right? Mm -hmm. And then they had a master. And so you could turn up the preamp to get the preamp distortion, but then turn the master down to tame the amp into the output section. So, so you get the drive. You get the preamp drive without the volume. Right. And they started do, doing this in 76. They started introducing the amps. Now, as I understand it, at this time, because you know they had the different models, but they had a super lead and you know super bass, this kind of stuff. But even back then, people weren't like, I want the 1959 circuit, right? right. They were like, I want a 50-watt Marshall. New. I want a 100-watt Marshall, right? So they started introducing the, the master volume models, and a dealer would order 10 50-watt Marshalls. And they would get three of the 1987 circuits and three of the, you know, they'd get just a mix match sure. of different circuits at this point. Um, and cosmetically, there was no difference looking at them. I mean, there'd be different number of inputs, but like they still same box, all that kind of right. stuff. You know, so it was kind of a, a wild. So that I, probably I, wreaks mm, havoc mm, in, in when it comes to like real collectability. Well, real collectability and a lot of people don't know. It's during the late 70s, 76 through really 80, I, I, it's kind of, I kind of refer to it as a Wild West 
time for Marshall because okay. they were using whatever parts they had around, whatever cabinets. You'd see a 76 with this type of cabinet. You see, what was it, 78, 79, they still had the fronts that came down on the side of the of the mm-hmm. uh, panels, but they were also started making ones that were the whole width. 79, they had rocker switches on them, right? right. On some of them, mm-hmm. like maybe just the So US this is a purist OCD nightmare. Oh, it's it's... It's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it is. You spend hours on forums just trying to figure out. Yeah. What but, year is this? You yeah. know, where did it That's come from? not real. That doesn't exist. You're looking at it. I'm I'm looking at it. It exists. But what we start to see with those master volumes, that, to Tony's, that's what becomes standard in the 800s. Right. So they kind of, you know, and, and when the 800s start is when they start to actually, through the 800s, they still made the super leads, the four input right. ones. Right. But they made very, very, very few of them. Is it fair to say, too, that that is sort of the birth of, like, modern distortion sound? Yeah, I, I think yeah. it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah pre, so. right? <clears throat> yep. Yeah, pre-person. And, and, and now you can, at low volume, these people still claim that you, they, you'd like to turn them up still to get some of that power section. Absolutely. But I think they sound really great, even at low volume. I yeah. think they sound really, really great. Whereas so. those earlier four-input ones, I didn't understand until I started having more of these things come through and I spent had some availability to spend time with them i didn't first time i plugged into one i was like damn this is just a clean twin yeah and then oh you got to do an attenuator oh you got to put a treble booster for oh you got to do this and this and this yeah i have a great one-on-one question for you as far as the the early uh jmps early 70s the four inputs now i've seen people and somebody told me said hey take a short cable and put it into it's the jump yeah, the jump. Jump it over. What is the significance of that? So Why do so, people do it? So sometimes just the amps, the way they're built, um, you, don't, you, you don't see like Angus or Malcolm doing that. Um, but you are, you know, they just plug into channel one and you're good. But some amps had a little bit less low end maybe. So what people would do is they'd pr- go into channel one, it's the brighter one, go out of the bottom of channel one, the low sensitivity input into channel two, and that way you could dial in. Channel 2 on a four-input Marshall's darker. It's thicker sounding, whereas the, other, the first input's brighter. So you, pl- you plug into that, and then you just blend in a little bit of that channel 2, that darker sound. And it fills out the, the bottom and adds just a little bit more. Um, was there someone back in the day that was the first one to do that, kind of turn people on to that? Or? I don't know. I think I'm wondering if there was somebody like only, Roth or somebody that originally, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember seeing anybody having their channels jump. The big one that I can think of from? as far as the inputs was Hendrix. Would they, you know Jim Marshall set it up and like just the Fender amps. If you go into channel one, you can come out of the other channel or else or the bottom mm-hmm. into another to chain another Marshall. So Hendrix would have he'd be plugged into one amp, then he'd have this long daisy chain over to his next amp, then he'd have another cable hanging right. out, and he would chain all his Marshalls together. But I never. I don't think I even saw him chaining or doing the jumper. Yeah, and you don't have to do from. that. But some amps do sound better. You know, you might want to if well, you're not getting as much low. And the end nice out thing about doing that is, um, you it it does create more. Um, it's not preamp gain, but it creates more gain because you're hitting the phase inverter harder. So if you have both channels going, even though it perceptively it's like the amp's not any louder, it's crushing that phase inverter a little more. So it does push okay. a little, okay. little more breakup. 
Um, but it's yeah. I wonder where that came from though. Somebody's not getting credit for that. Yeah. Now there's somebody faint. It was me. The right now is going you morons. It's I so did it so. first. <laughs> there's a, a quick little tidbit that I, I picked up recently. There's nothing available on so on on the first page. I put in who was the first musician to jump the channels on a Marshall. Nothing. Because you have too many words. Well, some listener out there knows he should get a hold of Todd and educate us all. Where did that come from? Some of these old marshals, guys like Paige, they they were able to get a little more gain out of their amps because they'd be plugged into an Echoplex, which has a preamp. That's why you have like the EP boost you were talking about earlier. Right. So there's these little things. They just had these signal chains that just provided a little more gain to some of these amps that were pretty clean, really. I mean, mean, he has a lot of crunch coming out of his amp. It's a great tone. Gilmore was doing that first. Getting the gain out of the out of the echoplex. You might have had an echoplex that's got a preamp in it, so it drives the input a little harder. And um, Angus Young had a the wireless. had a Schaefer Vega wireless. Right. Yep. So he had input coming, or there's like an output control in that yeah. Schaefer Vega to make up for signal loss, which and could drive even, the amp a little harder too. And they'd so. even use it in the studio just for that. Yeah. Right? He's like, yeah. man, I you know I had a great sound at the gig last night. And he's like, well, what's different? He's like, well, I had my radio on last night. Well, grab your radio. Yeah. Right. So anyway, just to get a little bit more before this JCM 800 in the master volumes, sometimes they had signal chains that just provided a little bit more um, for, for the amps, yeah. which is cool. How about that? Okay, great question, Jared. <laughs> I had that one on my list, too. Thank you for hitting that. Yes. Okay. Back to you, Tony. All right. So the JCM 800. Uh, so it is essentially a carryover from... The later master volume circuit board, 1959s. And at the same time, I think you had mentioned before we started the podcast that they were ramping up. This all had to do with the JCM 800 came out when the Rose Morse exclusive distribution deal came to an end. That's correct. Now, Todd, where did the JCM 800 moniker come from? From Jim Marshall's license plate. That is correct. (laughs) Can you believe that? Honest to God. Yes. Well, Sort of. Well, I don't know which came first because it's Jim's initials. No, no, it, well, it's Jim's initials. Right. But it was the license plate that he had on his car. The eight hundred. So he had a license plate number eight hundred before. Yes. We're looking at a picture to verify that. No, I, I think I, had, I think that's where the eight hundred came from. Was they they decided to use eight hundred for the eighties. Well, that would make sense. And I think the license. But that's plate came probably after. what he had. No, I think the license plate. Todd, you're a researcher. You got to find out for us. Which there's a first? book right there that says license plate. I, I, I have Marshall. I, I have from multiple sources. I'm going with the book that says Marshall. I I I will now? bet you. What, what's something that we can bet on that's not super expensive but meaningful here? Uh, oh, I know. The rest of that Woodford An Ampery cap. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's yeah. expensive. A, a PV deuce. No, yeah. no, no. Oh, that's, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll scratch one of those up cheap enough. But, but well, let's, let's see. I, I am, I'm almost positive. I, I mean, I've read in, in at least two of these books. Yeah. Well, no, the other one's on the, on the Blues Breaker. But, yeah, that, that, that's where the, okay. the name come from, came from. Okay. That was on his car. I... Okay, so when they did the the, Mar- the master volume models, they still had the 1959 model, but mm-hmm. they called the 100 watt master a 2203. Bless you, Jared. So they split off to 2203 uh, and 1959 models. So okay. the 1959 was still through the JMP still, era, still be made non-master, right? And they had the 2203, model. 2203, 2204. 
mm-hmm. was the master volume. Right. Gotcha. So and a then little bit they, of math for you, but it's... Yeah, and when they when they released the 800, this is kind of why I interrupted, when they released the 800, I don't, it wasn't like everything before this where it was like a slow morphing into different things. When they released the 800s, they came out immediately like, okay, the 2204, 2203 is going to be our flagship. Mm-hmm. The next two sold or pushed units were the first channel switching amps they ever made. Right. The 2205, the 2210. And as far as I know, they still made a 1959 and 1987 model. I think so. Which are the four input, quote, plexi circuits. Right. Um, but I don't think they made any super bass. No, I don't think so Going into 800, yeah. And so, the numbers that you're slinging around, the 2204 and everything, just that's, model numbers. that's just, literally just the model number. Mo- but it has we, nothing to do with the year. But we call it, we we reference the names, not necessarily the model numbers. Sure, so but if you're you see the trying name, to follow along and it doesn't make sense, that's but why. But you do see the names a lot. Like you'll see on Reverb, some 2203. So you, you kind of... You kind of kind of need to know that if you start investigating this. That's totally fair. Yeah. It's, but if you it's don't rough. know it uh, uh, through our conversation, that's why. Right, of course. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. not easy. It's, it's a rough it's, thing, yeah. yeah. Breaking news, everybody. It says in Wikipedia that the JCM 800 did come from the, did come from the okay. license plate. <laughs> yeah. You owe me a PV deuce. <laughs> it's at my I house. haven't given up on this yet. <laughs> okay. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> but so 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 anyway, so when the 800 came out, it was a very clear like, okay, here's the models we're going to make. Yeah. 2203, 2204, 50 and 100 watt master volumes. Right. 2205, 2210, 50 and 100 watt dual channels. Channel switching. And we're still going to make the 87 and 59, which is the old 50 watt Four input non master volumes, but we're going to make them in very limited numbers. Yeah. I think they phased them out by eighty. Yeah, I think by eighty one they were they were done. Wait, well, no, they still made. That's when they 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 oh, are okay. some out there. They're badge JCM eight hundred, which would be eighty one. Okay, okay. And still be those. So to to clarify that, <laughs> to clarify even more. Okay, um, I feel like what, remember Garrett uh, from from Saturday Night Live. He was the he was in the early one when, when he was the. Uh, the, the translate the the sign language you're supposed oh, to do yeah. the sign language and he just yelled it louder <laughs> yeah oh, that's hilarious Go that's ahead, honestly one of the best okay um so if you are if you are at a point in your life where you're like I want a JCM 800 because you like any number of the bands that are you know, okay Chris what would be the quintessential well, one? hang on hang on hang on my point is the, from basically what you guys were just talking about. Be knowledgeable. The JCM 800. There's four models of that JCM 800. Six models of the thing that you might think is a JCM 800. So you have to do a little bit more looking but, into that. And this that. is where I was going to say, Chris. Like, but just like most people say, Plexi and the the model they're looking for is the 100 watt 1959 model. Yeah. That's what most people think is a Plexi. When people say JCM 800. What's probably the most? I think the 2203 is the 100 watt. That's the one Marshall reissued in the 2000s or 2010. Right. 2203 100 watt. Yeah. It's got vertical inputs. They did make one later that this is a collector's thing that are horizontal inputs. I don't know if the circuit changed at all. Circuit but, didn't change. So, but the same J- thing with the PV Deuce. Yeah. JCM 800, 2203, <laughs> 100 watt. If you want to get the 50 watt, I think that's just that's killer. 50 right. watts amazing, but they didn't reissue a 50 watt version. They reissued the 2203, and they actually mm-hmm. just reissued in their 20 watt series, just JCM 800 Studio Classic. 20. It's a 20, right. and it sounds really good. Yeah, I about those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So to your point, that that if if someone's like, I'm going to get a JCM 800, what most people would say is the JCM 800. It's a 2203 100 watt, 2204 50 watt. Right. Same amp, 50 or 100 watt. That's the right. 
classic right. country. And, and as I was mentioning on the Origin 50, when you tilt it to the right, according oh, to the thing, it's more of the 800 sound. Marketing right. BS. I, 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 it might be, but I could tell you what that. Difference I could tell you those two things. I can tell you what that tilt knob does. Oh, don't! You're ruining it. It will ruin it don't, for don't you. Don't destroy. Okay, go back it to it. Don't Tony. destroy it. Tonight I'm going to play okay, the 800. Okay, so now we're on the 800, Tony. So the 800s. Um, I mean, what more do you want to say about the 800s? That's that is the classic Marshall sound of the 1980s. As we know it, you as, probably as do need a boss. S what SD one DS DS one no SD one's the yellow one like that's a super drug no you need an MZ you need some that wasn't out yet Tony you probably will need like I don't know what Zach Wilde used but it it it's gainy it's brighter but it's you still if you want more gain you're gonna use some type of boost in front of it right tube screamer is probably most common you can use a tube screamer my go to when I'm testing those is an Archer which is a Klon kind of thing you know it's not as bright as a tube screamer right it's not as much of a treble boost. You know, and then Slash used the twenty two ten, which was the channel switching hundred watt. Mm-hmm. After the twenty two oh three, later in the eighties, they did this channel switching. He used that at the that Ritz show that used like a kind of a famous guns show, and that's I mean the sound in that show is it just sounds like Appetite for Destruction. So I think those amps can be cool for a collector, or if someone that wants a JCM eight hundred, and if you don't want, it might have a little more gain. Maybe. Well, it and it actually it's it's a pretty noticeable different circuit. Um, it's got. Let me think about this real quick. Where the EQ is in the circuit is different. It technically has an extra gain stage that doesn't actually add gain. It's where they put the EQ. So so the circuit itself will sound respond different and not be as classic of a okay. of design. So it's like every every ten years when they would come out with a new design when they went from the the non-master, master volume, to now the channel switching, they would also change the circuit a little bit, and it slowly evolve. Um, so, yeah, so there is an extra gain stage, but where the tone circuit moves does something. But then there's diode clipping in the in the channel switching 800s that adds more gain. That's probably the biggest cause of more gain. Okay. Is that they add in some diodes that's for diode clipping. that's later in the years. That was no, that's actually in 81. That's earlier in, in the in years. Channel switching? They came out with the, the, the very first channel switching ones were released right in 81 too. I can guarantee it because okay. I've had them. Interesting. Um, but 83 is when they really started to kind of take off. They changed the circuit. The very first channel switching uh, Marshalls had a horrible switching system in it that the channels would actually bleed into each other. So you'd be on the dirty channel and you'd, you'd turn the knobs on the clean channel and it would change the sound and vice versa. What year is that to avoid? 81 through mid-82. Okay. And and, and there's a fix for it Buyer because beware. they do sound different as well. But yeah, the, the channel, the switching Older was, isn't better. They, well, they hadn't, it was the first, and this is important, this first channel switching amp they ever made, mm-hmm. they didn't know what they didn't know. You right. know. They put them out and then they went, oh, crap, what do you mean that over they, time? They should have known that beforehand. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so 83 is when they really started to kind of, okay, this is. So, okay. so in the realm of the 800, in your opinion, Chris, as a Marshall aficionado, uh, what is the magic? Is there a magic year? Probably just the early 80s, 2203s, the standard JC, JCM 800. That's what I'd say, early 80s. Non-channel switching is probably the go-to. Non-channel switching. Yeah. Okay. It's probably the one you go with. And but then you put this on your and Christmas then, list. And then you need an overdrive to get yourself into a, a little bit more of a crunchy territory. And I'll say this, too. I don't, with the 800s from 81 all the way through whatever, so 89 or 90 when they quit making them, I don't remember, like, there will be a difference from one to another, but it's not a drastic difference like it was 
up to that point where they're all a little different, right? right? I mean, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense. So you could, you're, you're, he's saying, and it might make sense. I, I remember I always just looked for the earlier ones, the early 80s ones. Um, but maybe there's like an 87 JCM 800, 2203, which is the non-channel switching. That's great. So, you know, you just got to, the problem with these marshals is they're just not around. You, you know, I used to have to go down to Cincinnati, Mike's Music, to just find, that's where I yeah. found a couple. I, I sourced some from the East Coast, the West Coast. You just don't go somewhere to listen. So that's why you're on the forums all the time trying to figure out, like, what's is the questions you have? What's the sound? Is it, what's it brighter? Is it darker? Right. And then it's everyone's subjective opinion about Because it's a lot of money to sink on something. I know. At this so, point. so you kind of have to get close to, you know, of course, you look at which music, what kind of music do I like? What marshals were they playing? Let's start there. Yeah. Um, that's a that's it, a good yeah and probably something that that you've experienced too and I know Chris every we've definitely experienced this you get one you're like oh man I love this one and then a tech gets inside of it goes well you know the broadcast's been removed and this has been done or vice versa I hate this one tech gets into it goes wow man there's like six things in here that aren't supposed to be in here yeah so so maybe a word of advice is if you are buying a well I guess an eighty one would be a vintage amp at this point if you're buying any of these early amps of, of really any kind make sure you make very good friends with an amp tech absolutely i would take my amp straight over to rob's i'd probably play it see how it sounds see what the problems are then i would take it over to rob's what you don't like about it and now yeah. and go yeah, yeah. don't change this whatever you do <laughs> yeah. so tony we got a lot more to cover uh Let's roll. we gotta so we gotta burn go. okay so in the middle of the jcm 800 era 1987 rolls around and that is the 25th anniversary of marshall and they made a special run of, of amps uh, that uh, had silver Tolex and chrome control panels. Now, these were, uh, I think, Rob, you've added some, some interesting notes here on, on that series. Uh, yeah, the Silver Jubilee. Yes, the Silver Jubilee series. Um, these are rather coveted, uh, as I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've got a sound Is there like a scarcity own. to it? It's a different yeah, sound. Yeah, I mean, it's a limited run. Okay. Yeah, and they re- Marshall in their 20-watt series, there's four amps. They reissued that. So yeah. that's one of their, they consider that one of their it, flagships. It, yeah. And, and at what point, I mean, really, I, I, this amp might have become popular anyways, but couldn't we say it's mostly because of Slash? I mean, yeah, Probably. His name's been coming up a lot. Um, but yeah, he used the, just, I didn't like his sound as much with the Silver Jubilee. I kind of preferred the 800 or the Plexi sound. It was just a little too more compressed. It was a little bit less mm. maybe snarl and maybe, maybe took a little bit of the personality out. To me, I think he probably loved it. But Was, was um, he using the Samp in 87 when it came out, or did he pick it up later, do you know? Or? I think he – well, he recorded Appetite with the Marshall on loan. Mm-hmm. Then, he used the, then he used the 2210, and then at some point – I don't know whether that was on loan or not, but then so it's probably once they became pretty popular, they needed a back line of twenty of them. Yeah, and then and they he, went to Marshall, and he said, "Well, here's the new anniversary." I know thing. that when he was playing with Michael Jackson, and there was like a Michael Jackson performance he was playing on. I can't remember where, where I saw that, but I saw that his he was playing Jubilees. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know when he started. So probably or when he, once they became like a major touring act, he needed numbers. I bet he used that on Use Your Illusion record, maybe, but yeah. I'd have to check. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, so yeah, so uh, just like everything else, they had a 50-watt and 100-watt version, and each had their own numbers, 2550 or 2555. And these are JCM 800s? I don't know if they had the I mean, 800 it, underneath label on them. The, the I don't Tolex. think they did. They no. did not. Oh, no, 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 no. It, okay. it was a different amp. It I don't was, see any notes on this. It was a little deviation. It was closer to the channel switching circuit. 
Okay. Um, in that it had the tone stack in a different place, and I think with Silver uh, Jubilee too, it had asymmetrical diode clipping, which gives you even more gain, and it's it's a different raunchy kind of sound. Gotcha. Um, and I I don't have one in front of me, but there was also something weird where like. There's something weird before the phase inverter where it, it ran the signal in parallel with something, or and and these didn't these were channel switching, but they weren't channel switching. They had a nor a rhythm channel and a lead channel, I think, but they had one EQ, so yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, it was a little. It was a thing of its own. It's almost like okay, we haven't come out with a new design for five years, thing. so here yeah. we go. Yeah, it's a and and thing. riding on the tails of the great Mr. Man, absolutely. So. so so yeah, so I mean that's what I know about that. Yeah. Okay. The 90s are calling, aren't they? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> we're just we're just rolling through the decades. This is when it starts picking up though. Yeah. Um so um 1990 rolls around, the JCM 900 is introduced. And it's another series. Oddly, from his new license plate. Yes. He's yeah. Got, he got a he new license plate. He just happened to get a new license plate after 10 years. It was on his wife's <laughs> car. said JCM 900. He went, you know what we should <laughs> name the next series? <laughs> we're... We're we're gonna we're gonna have a serious bet about this. Oh, I know. I'm gonna I'm Big gonna get a hold of Ken Bran and ask him. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. Hey. Narb. I'm gonna call Mr. Narb. Mr. Narb. <laughs> just gotta date the car. That should help. So Damn. anyhow. Um, the the JCM 900 series. I'm gonna let you go. Over 90 this stuff. to 98. Yes, 90 yeah, 90 to 98. 98. Um, yeah. So the again, uh, and, and when I say like I just said, they had two models for the Silver Jubilee. No, they didn't have just two models because they had the 2552 that was a 112 combo. So through all of these, they have different model numbers yes. for the combos, right? But they had the 2500, 2100, which was a 50 and 100 watt model. Um, it was definitely a more refined dual channel amp, um, meaning that each channel had a more distinctive sound. It was a more clear, we're trying to do a clean channel here, and yet a higher gain channel on the 900. Um, they also, they, I think they were called dual reverb, weren't they? They had a, a version that was called a dual reverb, yes. Well, I think I think that's that all the two channel ones I think were dual reverb. I think that they said it in little print underneath there. JCM nine hundred dual reverb. So I think these were all like that. That's ringing a bell and that's ringing a bell. But yeah. I'm not on the nine hundreds. It looks like the gain was ten louder than usual. The gain <laughs> goes to twenty? Yes. I guess so. So it's ten louder than ten. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Didn't it start on 10 and went to 20? I think so. Well, yeah, it did. It did start on and, 10. And, and, and actually, oh, okay. weren't some of these, did they have two gain knobs? And one went from 0 to 10 and one went from 10 oh, to that 20? Might be what it, it, was. it might be. I mean, I, I don't know how much of it was in reaction Nothing to the, but facts to the movie. Show. It, it was, the, the movie up, Spinal Todd. Tap. I think it was totally in reaction. <laughs> Instead of one more, you have 10 more. Yeah. It's 10 louder, isn't um, it? But now something, the 900, though, is that as far as... I'm aware these are the first ones. Well, no, I can't say that because in the 80s they had an amp that was solid state preamp with tube power amp. So I guess this was the second thing they made that had substantial amount of tube preamp circuitry, or so, I'm sorry, solid state preamp circuitry in it. Okay, was the 900 series. Um, so that's the first introduction of a solid state. Technically, it's not. They made oh, something. Oh no! Well, I, I I don't know when this model came out. They made something called the Artist that was a complete solid state preamp yeah. with a tube 
power amp. That was somewhere in either the early Looks '90s like or late '80s. I don't know where that was redact. at. It might yeah, even have been earlier. I think in Jim Marshall's least favorite model. Did you read that in that? I think it's yeah. in that book. Is, yeah. is that what the, mm-hmm. the artist? That what the yeah. Really? Is his least favorite. I wonder what... Hey, researcher, why don't you find out what year the artist came out? I'm 70s. trying to keep up, man. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like well, these 70s. other guys driving, so I'm like, what the hell? So, so if nothing else, the 900 was definitely the first, like, push it forward. It's got some significant... Massive gain. Solid, and due to significant solid-state parts in the preamp. Right. So it was like a preamp stage, 10 op amps, a preamp. How tube. much of that do we think is in response to changing music? Huh, interesting. I think people were just also, trying to, it's just more and more gain. We right? got more were, gain. We got yeah. more were gain. Were there other amps? I, what other amps at the time would have been pushing that Maybe the boogies. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they probably would have been chasing the boogies. So they were chasing the boogies. The yeah, and I think they were probably just, people were using pedals to drive amps. They were probably just trying to make something and more aggressive. And the Randalls, too. The Randalls were also, like, like much higher. Yeah. When did Soldano start? Remember? Because Eddie started. Uh, so... I, I think I'm, I'm trying to think moment. of like who used the 900s. I I heard I think maybe Jane's Addiction was using those yep, 900s, yep. and he still does. Yep. That's and then um, I heard a rumor that maybe Kurt Cobain picked some up for a tour, but I don't think he used them necessarily on the records. I don't know but I don't mean, know. Yeah. I do know he used a DS1, maybe a twin. The, maybe which the, one? That's kind of he used a DS1 distortion. Oh, okay. So I don't know. It may, maybe it was through a twin or something, but. Um, the Jane's Addiction guy is the guy. Really yeah, no, know. that is his sound, and that's still the amp he uses. The twenty John Five, Rob Zombie, Lars Friedrichsen from Rancid. So a lot of the guys okay. in the '90s. That's what they. Yeah, yeah. And 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 again, I think what some of this goes back to is that the guys that were playing in the '90s. If you know, I'm a Marshall guy, and maybe I used 800s up till now. Well, now I'm in Jane's Addiction. I need 20 of them to go on the road with me. Right. What are you going to You're going to go to Marshall. They're going to give them <clears> to you for free, and they're going to hand you 20 amps. So you don't have to source these yeah, old vintage exactly. ones. Yeah. So that ends up being it. Yeah. So high gain dual reverb. Yeah. Right there's the panel. And Rob, to answer your question, the artist was introduced in 1986. So, yeah. So, so in late 80s, they were messing around with solid state preamps mixed with tube stuff. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely the 900 was the first, like, okay, this is our mainstay amp. This is replacing what we did with the 800s, and it's a mix of tube and preamp throughout. And has reverb, which, yeah. Before that, none of the, none of the models had reverb. None of the... Did I, I, the artist? The, the artist did. Okay, artist, But yeah. again, and maybe the artist was kind of like a test put out, like a test balloon put out there, like, hey, <clears throat> will this work? Because right. I have reverb and solid state stuff yeah. in there. But, yeah, so they're changing with the times. They're putting reverb in there, even more gain, better channel switching. Well, all right. Yeah. What else about the uh, the 900 series, Tony? Is there anything? I'm not – it's not one of my favorite series. Mine either. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's Mine just, either. That's just me. I mean, but I like I like classic Marshall stuff. So, Tony, what, what comes after the 900 series? Well, I think we're approaching the new millennium. Millennium. Millennium, and that would be the 2000s. You know what would be a good name for... And it just so happened, Jim's new license plate came in in 1997. He said, you know what? Uh, Let's call it the JCM 2000. Didn't it also have dual super lead on it? I'm feeling like it says... There there was a model. That that was a a version, yes. Oh, DSL. 
Yes, yeah. exactly. So yep. they they had yeah the DSL uh, fifty and the DSL one hundred, which was the dual super lead. And why then, is it called dual? Because there's two channels. Two yeah. channels. Just checking. Yep. Still two channels. Okay. Yep. One channel is a little more plexi-like, and the other channel was a little more just JCM 800, JCM 900. So it had a D- tilt Definitely. Uh, it was actually, yeah. the just like everything <laughs> else through here, they keep pushing the gain. The the dirty channel, the yeah. DSL series, was dirtier than the 900. <laughs> it was, you know. Um, but the neat thing on the clean channel, it was clean and also had a crunch button. Right. Which So you could get kind right. of the classic, yeah, too. JTM 45, basement. Now, yeah, if, and then they had something else too. Well, if if two channels aren't enough, for right? You, what did what did they do? Maybe you should get a TSL model, <laughs> a triple super lead. Yep. And I think now I think this whole series was really in Who reaction. Would that before who would and what scenario cover would you band. need that cover band? Really? Three? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You need clean, clean. You need. Dirtyish, classicy. Okay, and I then see. You need yeah, high yeah, game. yeah. Absolutely. Three separate. I'm for whatever reason. I'm I'm thinking that you're still merging all of the channels together, like in the no, jumps and three, everything. Three separate. Know, no, yeah, reaction you just we're channel switching. We're channel amps. switching. Got it. Yeah, got it. You know. I'm tracking. Yeah. So that's the TSL. Yeah. Hey now, Tom, turn left right here. Turn left right here. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm just in the car with our oh. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> turn left. Park it. <laughs> So, uh, from a uh, repair standpoint, Rob, mm. what would you tell me about the JCM 2000 series? Unfortunately, the JCM 2000 series um, has had some catastrophic failure issues. If you get a JCM 2000 and this has not already been done, you are going to have to sink 600 ish $700 into it to replace the main board and have it retubed. Okay, I'm going on record saying after this after this goes, we're going to see a whole lot of these on reverb. <laughs> I'm just saying. This, you already do. J- j- just for uh, just for kicks. More. Go to Google, real quick here, and type in Marshall JCM 2000, and then space bias drift. Bias. And watch what comes up. Page after page after page. There are 23,900 pages. Mm. Yeah. That's that's how catastrophic oh, cool. this problem was. What, Done for free? You got to speak in the microphone, buddy. Well, I, I thought we were not... Uh, so I have one of these, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And uh, I remember early on, I was... I, the store i bought the amp from he's he's still open today but he said um hey there's something that they got to do to your marshall and somebody i don't think i paid for that to have that done in fact i think he gave me a new amp with the new uh, okay equipment in it okay so, do, you, do you still have that that amp uh, yes i do okay because it just sounds good i don't know Oh no, and and and, and I, I think they can be good sounding amps. Yeah. Um, sometime uh, send me the serial number on it. I bet you still have a problem with it, because th- th- this was the this was the bad side of it is that they had the issue one through five board, which the whole board would become conductive, so the voltages would oh jump across each other, so the the amps would burn out output tubes like mad. You actually are the last one to work on it though. And Did I replace that board? 
I don't know, but okay. it I'd hasn't ha failed yet. I'd have to look, but yeah, so the issue one through five boards had this problem. Then the okay. replacement boards they came out with, they populated with the wrong components. Oh. So it, it's so it's like, okay, to fix these 10,000 amps we have out on the market, here's the revised version, and they screwed that up. Wow. It, to this day, so stay I... stay away from these if you're, li if you're if you maybe want, even if you new to one, it. If you want one, if it's already been done, here's the thing. Once I replace the main board, yeah. solved. 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 Yep. You put in an issue 20 board, you're never going to have a problem with it again. I've never had one come back for an issue. But it's expensive. The board itself Send your costs stuff to Rob. $250, $300 to replace this board. So it's major. Um, but And uh, that's half of the price that a lot of these used ones are actually exactly. going for. They're and really low price. that's why they go, in part, that's why yeah. they go for so little because it's such a wide problem. Yeah. Okay. But it's a cool amp, and it's got... A lot of really good sounds and everything in it. It's just they blow up. If it works. <laughs> is there a new model you can buy right now, a DSL? There is. There is it, a, they, they reissued the DSL And there's no 100s. issue with it. No issues at all. Okay, so you no can buy a at all. DSL from which yeah, you get a new one. Yes, Everybody. and I will say that it's the exact mm -hmm. same circuit. You look at the schematics, exactly the same. Mm -hmm. They sound noticeably different. It's probably of course. the Transformers. In, in a good way? In a bad way. Oh, unfortunately. Well, uh, <laughs> they, they sound much more... <laughs> Blame. Rob never has good news about any damn <laughs> well, thing well, ever. Well, but, ever. But here's He's why. He's the dream buster. <laughs> the new DSL 100s, I think they sell new for like 1200 or something. I mean, it's cheap hmm. for a 100 watt all tube head. Yeah. So, you know, man, they got to cut the cost somewhere, right? It's a bummer. Yeah. But they, they are reissuing those other, those other. How do you ride the bus with that big scythe? Of yours. No, no. I'm just, you come to me for the truth, right? So here we go. Hey, yeah. have you ever had a DSL or a TSL? Did you ever? I had I'm one talking to Chris here. at the beginning when they first came out, and I, I liked it. And then that's when I started realizing about the vintage stuff. Like okay. I, that's when I like I bought a Pro Reverb, a Fender Pro Reverb, like a 60s one, and I started getting really hooked. And so it wasn't I, necessarily anything bad about 2000. You just gravitated no. towards a Right. And I played it at some shows. I liked it, but then I started getting crazy about the vintage stuff. These and, fenders and, are making me want a Marshall. Tony, <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm sorry, not Tony. Sorry, sorry, Jared. Um, you still would prefer the DSL-100 if you had to take it to a gig? Yeah, just because it, it's more useful. It has, it's, it has more switching. Um, it doesn't... I don't have to turn it up so much to get the desired. And it's, it's not more for me. It's for more of the covers or the type of music that I'm playing. So you think it's a little more versatile for it's cover stuff? It's a little stuff? more versatile for cover stuff. It's, you know, utility-wise, it's just better to use. Do you have opinion. a 50 or 100? I'm just curious. I've got a 100. you got 100. So oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Well, okay, of course. Sorry, yeah, I've sorry. actually shopped around for one of those recently because I, I, I do remember I liked it a lot. I do think they are cool for all the marshals they put out with the 900s and everything. Um so it's bummer about this issue. You know, it sounds like you got your squared away, and that's great. You're in a good place. But if you get a new one or an older one, and you're not sure if it's got the board issue, have someone take a picture a of the of inside bummer. and and tell them take a picture of the issue. If it says issue twenty, you're golden. All right, cool. Anything before twenty, walk away from it. All right. So there you, there go. you go. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> yep. All right. Where are we at, Tony? Tony? Well, I think we're into the mm. modern era. We talked a little bit about the DSL reissues. Mm -hmm. um, and there is also the JVM series, which broke out in 2007. Um, what does the JVM stand I for? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's his other license is plate. Is it vintage modern? <laughs> I <laughs> think you're right. Is it vintage modern? And I think it's... Ah. Yeah. I Jim think vintage modern. <laughs> 
don't know why they Jim. <laughs> I don't know what the, I don't know what the J stands for, but I Jim. But I think you're. I think I think they at least they labeled them that or yeah. called them that or. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, what's I mean, based on on what I'm seeing here, every each channel has its own three position gain setting. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, as every marshal, every ten years, they kind of push the envelope again. So now you've got. The, so you've got a JVM 205, which is a two-channel, 50-watt. And you've got the JVM 410, which is a four-channel, four-channel, Todd, 100-watt. Mm. In addition to, every channel has a little push button on it that has three different gain levels. Jiminy Christmas. So, so, so here we go. So you can pre-program the four, JVM 410. It's got four channels. To each four channels, different gain levels. So you can have two cleans, two crunches, one real dirty whatever mixture but then also it's midi controllable so you can basically have a 12 channel amp yeah but this like is my back is getting sweaty over this right well, now like this you know the I, only thing that good way the only thing that would be better is if they could put stacked knobs like a boogie yeah, oh, there's there's no stack the, knobs. The dual there's, gang pods. Maybe, maybe that will be <laughs> in the next next series. Just a, but but you look at it, and the control <laughs> panel is twice as tall as it should be, oh and it's just my. knobs for days. It's Jeez. like, uh, my head hurts. Has two master volumes on it. Has uh, reverb for every channel. It's it's like the diesel amps with the, yeah. it's like a thousand knobs. Well, on and, and this is at the the point that amps like boogie right. are coming out with the three channel yeah triple, oh my gosh the, boogie the amps diesels too. out and yeah so they're competing with that but yeah so so that that's where the jvm yeah what they are and what else was coming out around the same time it's and these are still being made right tony i believe they are still being made yeah so that's still their flagship yeah so you got the jvms you got the dsls um I'm I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff. The, well, those origins now. Yeah, the, the origins. origins. I yeah. mean, there's headphones. If you need a set so, of uh, Marshall headphones, sure. you can get I'm those. I'm glad you brought <laughs> Wait, that up. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the origin really quick. Now, when before I was about to buy this uh, origin amp, um, which is it's a 50 watt amp. They also make it in a 20 watt. Um, but the 50 has basically. Uh, do you want if if for I guess lack of better terms, do you want it like full power, medium power, or low mm -hmm. power? It has those switches on it. It also has the tilt, so you can kind of like you can make it a little bit more gnarly. Don't look at Rob, <laughs> or you can dial it to a more rounder, classic like seventies tone. But um, is there just like a tone a, a cap on one end of the of the? Yeah, that's what I thought. All it is is that when you turn it down. All one way. There's two caps, so it's an active mid uh, boost, bass treble boost. So as you turn it one way, it pushes the mids, pulls down the treble. You push it the other way, and it increases the bass and pulls down the treble. So it, it, it's just a dual action tone knob. That's all it is. It's a simulator, right. but that's that. I, I, it I, is doing the thing that we're talking about. <laughs> Not Jeez. really, but I could I could put it. The good part is yes. for three dollars fifty cents, I can put a tilt knob in every one of your amps. It's two caps and a pot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, jeez, Grim Sorry. Reaper's back. <laughs> um, no, so I, I I will say that what this amp did for me was allow me to have. The, a Marshall sound that I could uh, have in variable gigging situations because almost every single gig that, that I'm playing, they're saying, turn the amps down, turn the amps yeah. down, turn the amps down. But I can still get this sound out of it. Um, 
and it'll you know and i've got a 2 212 and it i mean it sounds i love the sound of it do you uh, use it on the highest power always or do you for often? gigs yes in my home uh if i if i use it on high power it, like i really it, i'll start to feel it and it, yeah. like I, unless i'm using earplugs and that's kind of defeating the purpose of having those variables so then i'll drop it to like the 20 and it sounds great mm-hmm. it sounds absolutely fantastic um now I, I've gotten grief from people who own, you know, 800s and 900s and 2000s. It's not real, Marshall. Um, but to me, that's like it, that, I, that's the only Marshall that I can actually use. Um, in a, yeah. Unless I'm going to a, a, much, a, a much larger stage. And I've worried about that. Actually, when we played the A&R bar, I was like, am I going to have enough amp for this place? And when we played with Starcrawler. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It was they yeah. mic'd the heck out of it, so yeah, it was like, right. well, times are different. Yeah, you don't, you know. I, I would imagine fifty to twelve. Yeah, that's that's more enough yeah. for stage yeah. volume, you know. And yeah. I'm not, and I'm not even goosing it because I'm 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 trying to do like a fifty fifty, like enough amp, and then hit it with my pedals because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm trying I'm not really using that amp for gain. I'm using mm-hmm. it for power, and and I, and a little bit of the gain because I want the color sure. in there. But not. I don't want to ride because it actually has a boost uh, uh, on a gain. So, like on the gain switch, if you pull it out, all of a sudden that's boosted, and you get mm-hmm. way more power, and you get way more gain. Mm. And you can you can just go with that. But I want a specific gain, not just that Marshall gain. It does have a vintage look too, which I think is cool. Yeah. The small logo. I think I like the vibe of it. Which yeah. to me, the aesthetics of Marshalls for some reason, especially that vintage look to me I really really like yeah so, well, and, and um, that along with what you brought up which I forgot about all those 500 20, bucks yeah yeah they're That's inexpensive cool. I forgot about all those 20 watt versions they've come out with but yeah. I think in past six seven years Marshall's really figured out that people want the vintage circuits they wanted the vintage looks too yeah sure. with so I don't know if you're hip to this Todd or not but they they've come out with a, a line of 20 watt amps oh yeah absolutely so it's a copy of the and they have the, the 20 watt origin they've got the, the 20 watt oh no no I mean the, the, oh I know they got the reissues the, but that this one also comes in there. and yeah. they just came out with the JTM 45 that has the white the original Marshall aesthetics it's got yeah. the metal logo and, it's and pretty they, cool are they looking it like the Studio Classic series Studio or Classic is the JC 800 Studio Vintage. Studio Vintage is the Plexi. Right. And, and then, those are all 20s. They're all yeah. 20s. They're all made in England. And there's yeah. a, and then there's the Jubilee. That's right. The, and now they did right. the JTM 45. The issue is, like you guys were mentioning ear- earlier, shipping them, the cost is more here than it is yeah. in England. So people are like $1,700 for one of those. It's pretty high. For a 20. Yeah, for a, for a 20. For a, so, and it's a, a lot of that has to do with Marshall. because it's here. So people are kind of balking a little bit at the price, but, but and a lot of pros are using them on their stage runs because they can get that sound and it's not yeah. as loud. Yeah, exactly. At twenty watts, you can really you can push the the master right. section of it and get breakup, and it's you're not bleeding from the ears anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing is <clears> that I notice between the high output and the and the medium output, which is the twenty watt for like you know, um, is that it just it doesn't the bottom end doesn't kick you in the. Mm-hmm chest quite as much and you know that's kind of like if you're playing rock and roll you, yeah, you don't want that. that yeah but if you're on a big giant stage you're not going to get that anyway so who cares right yeah yeah that's so the, but it sounds like you got something that's working with you, for your chain because a lot of it does have to do with what your signal chain is and if you're looking for that a little bit of more high a little bit more high headroom 50 watts going to help you get that yeah you're getting into a little bit of preamp or power 
section if you're getting a little bit of crunch out of it. So it seems like you got yeah. pretty much the one. I'm basically hitting it with a with a souped up blues break uh, uh, blues breaker style or sorry. Yeah, blues breaker blues style breaker pedal, pedal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, into a um, a very quiet rat uh, mm. version from uh, Blamo. Okay, cool. So. That sounds sounds great. Yeah. So, anyways, that's so anyways, yeah. so, okay. <laughs> so that's a new amp. Is there what what other? Well, I think I mean we over? we would uh, be remiss to not mention some of the uh, the solid state marshals. Um, some. Are okay. I mean, in my book, Marshall should be a tube amp, but there's been a number out there, mm-hmm. um, including I think the uh, well, we talked a little bit about the artist. That was probably that was obviously the first that was solid the, state preamp. And yeah, with at, preamp, but it had 86. a power a tube power it's section. So a tube power yeah. section. You're right. Um, and then there was the whole valve state series. Yep. I mean, those were insanely popular because popular. they were. <laughs> affordable, but I think that they uh, filled the need for maybe you know somebody that just needed a smaller amp or something yeah. at home. Well, and, and that was in the nineties, wasn't it? Or was uh, it two thousand? No, that was that was the nineties. Yeah, 90s. It was the nineties. So yeah. that would have been the time that uh, like PV was selling amps or circles around everybody with all their yep. solid state stuff for four hundred dollars. So yeah, I had the know. it was the yeah, I think it was called eighty one hundred eighty one twenty. It was eighty one twenty. I'm pretty sure it was 80. It was like a double. It was like 212? 212. Okay, yeah. The 8100 was the head version yeah. of the same thing. So I had there. the combo of that. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, But but uh, again, I didn't know how to use that amp because yeah. it also had a crap ton of stuff well, on it. And I was like, but But, but that, that if you plug into one now, you, you it, it had clean and it had dirty, and it didn't have much mojo in between. It was, yeah. it was clean and dirty. It was made I did for the 15-year-old like kid that was trying to... Sound like I got it on a trade, yeah. But I sold it to Guitar Center for seven hundred and fifty bucks. So wow, <laughs> yeah. There was okay. a there was a MOSFET series. I think people talk about that seems to be pretty cool. I don't know how pro it is, but they even have like stacks. You can get like a MOSFET. I'm not sure if that was eighties. It was well, called the, the it was called the you know Marshall MOSFET. Oh no, you're right. That was eight hundred. That yeah. Was, or, yeah, that was eight hundred series. And then yeah. in the eighties, also they had these little combos. I have one. It's called a Lead Twelve. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rumor was that Billy Gibbons used it on some recordings, but Those these amps, okay. these amps are solid state. They're not meant for a stage, but yeah. I mean, they have a great, great, aggressive, crunchy sound. Series, yeah. Just sitting around the house, I mean, way more gain than the, my Plexis do for mm-hmm. sure. It's definitely more into that 800, even more. But with a lot of those amps, you're using your volume knob to clean up. So it's like, and I think people get stuck in that clean channel because like you were saying, if you got this clean channel and you're going to your dirty channel, you're just like one or the other. Yeah. And I think Kurt Cobain did that a lot it was to a great I, effect where you have this clean sound and then you go into this crunch. Yeah. Whereas if you get used to using your volume knob on your guitar, a lot of amps do clean up well. So you got the crunchy sound and then you roll your volume down, you got like kind of a cleaner sound. Yeah. You got all these levels of gain on your that, volume knob yeah. rather than just bouncing from clean to me as a as a repair guy, that, that is a, a generational thing. It totally is. That yeah, because because the older players they played in seventies and eighties and that's just like you said, they rolled off the volume. That's how they got the clean sound and the dynamics. There's a whole different player that started in the mid nineties where their volume is just an on and off switch. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it blows my mind, never too. Use my, yeah. my, but I also yeah. don't play the music that requires that. Right, well, yes. Well, but, but it's different. And, and, and once you play, uh, uh, and typically those guys are... Uh, and Jared's a knob, a knob roller, right? You're a volume knob I mean, guy, this right? is the Guitar Knob yeah. podcast. Right. Of course. 
Yeah, but but yeah, I talked to some guys that that are like, well, what do you mean roll off? It's like, yeah, you roll off, you play lighter, and you switch pickups, and and you, you that opens up a hundred different sounds out of one channel amp. And if you're listening for the first time, you're like, what are they talking about? Try that with a fuzz. Or a oh, fuzz, fuzz face. It's sure. like that's a big holy deal. macro. Oh, yeah. That's like one it, of the it, big it colossal becomes, change. It becomes like a boost rather than a fuzz. Yeah. yeah. Marshall had a pedal called a super fuzz, and if you would like to buy an original one now today, <laughs> it's going to be around two to twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. If not more, like those are really sought after because really? there weren't a lot of them. Yeah. Well, is it? Are they really good or is it just yeah, a collectible item? No, it's like it's really good because it's kind of like a tone bender. I think I, there was some era there where Vox and the Vox Tone Bender, um, the Solo Sound Tone Benders. So Super Marshall had that Super Fuzz. I think it was like a rebranded Tone Bender circuit, which yeah. is which is basically Zeppelin One. Mm. That sound, the early like Yardbirds, Zeppelin, um, Jeff Beck, I think used one a little bit. Um, the, t- the Tone Bender, Mick Ronson used a Mark One Tone Bender. Ooh. Yeah, you can expect this. Sorry, that was my, I'm sorry. That was that's a. There's one for twenty three hundred dollars on. Uh, hey, all right. On, hey, Todd, uh, Reverb. Can I, I borrow twenty two seventy nine twenty two? Oh, yeah. plus the freight. Hold on. Plus the freight. That's thirty. That's forty. I'll take care of the freight. Can well, I just buy borrow it the? Check <laughs> it out for a few hours and then say something. You know, and then. Yeah, but they're all like that. that. So they're. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very very expensive pedal. Yeah. I've never even heard of that pedal. Yeah. Wow! See, I love it. I learned something new tonight. Tony Baloney's book. So we, so ten minutes ago, we interrupted Tony. He was telling us about like all the other oddball solid state amps that were made. Yeah, but, yeah. So Valve we care about that? Hey, Valve in the states. interest of time, in the interest of time. Yes. Okay. Eh. You know, eh. right. <laughs> but in the interest of time, I think it's worth saying because we're we're looking at a, a very long show this here. This is going to be a two. And, and anybody that's made, I don't know. Cut it. You think Anyways. so? Yeah, maybe. I, I say cut it, you know. Okay. Okay, so anyways, uh, maybe you're listening to part two. Maybe this is all one. I haven't figured it out yet. But what I think is worth talking about right now is now that they've, they've you know, we, we referenced that they did a couple of these reissues. Is there something that, that we collectively maybe think that they could offer that would be great or that, that, Wow, we'd really love to see Marshall do this. I think they've reissued a lot of the stuff. They have the hand-wired Hunter Watt heads right now. They've done some of the combos. Um, I don't know, maybe bringing back some of those combos, the, like the Bluesbreaker-style combos, might be kind of fun. It seems those like they're currently in production. I know I they did reissue so. them. They had like a 1974X. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the one. That I like the 74X. Right the 74X yeah. was cool. It, that's it, a great low amp. Like the Bluesbreaker was lackluster. I don't know whether it was because of the cabinet dimensions or whether mm-hmm. the circuit they just didn't get the circuit right. If they reissued the JCM 800 and a 212, like yeah, I th- but, but the, 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 they never will because the. Nobody wants a 212 right now. Are, they, they still they, do. They still make the I mean, loads of people. Head? Are, they, I think they might still make the hundred watt head, but I, you know, I guess like pipe dream stuff for for one or uh, for a gig. That's still do plenty. Everybody's using AC 30s have, and stuff. Have, have a head and a 212. It's the same amp, except you can carry it. But I'm just without breaking uh, your back. The I'm one not, thing I don't disagree. I'm just saying that would be. Yeah. A Two, thing. I think 212s for most companies, 212 combos are becoming a thing of the past because of weight and size. They are heavy, yes. Yeah. That's a good point. It is cool to break them too, but the open back from the combo is helpful sometimes oh, on a stage. True. Because that's you, know, you do get a little bit yeah. less low end, but your drummer... Like, I think with a closed back sometimes, if you're on a certain stage, 
you're going to need a little bit more monitor. It's a little, the drummer's going to need some of the monitor. You're gonna, you might need a little bit because it's so directional. I mean, it's, it, it's awesome. And it is a different sound. Yeah, for it sure. It responds different. Even, even mic'd up, you can yeah. hear a little more low end on a closed back. But having that open back, it fills the stage a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe not as thick or as much low end. I'm not but, sure. But if you got a good bass, then who cares? Right. But now, yeah, you might not need the low end. Now, back to what Tom was saying, though. I mean, really, they've reissued or are issuing most. I mean, they're kind of on point with you oh, could, yeah, you all could, their classic people ones. are asking yeah, for. Oh, you know what? You could get the Studio Classic, the JC Made 100 Head, the 20 Watt. Although that might not be enough for you because it's only 20 right now. Yeah, probably not. Um, so that might, might be why you need that. But then they have a 212 cab that goes with that. Yeah. So, nice. but that's only 20 watts. Although, it, if you're going 800, you're, you're getting gain out of your 800 anyway. You're not getting clean headroom, really. So you yeah. could do the 20 watt head. It's got a pretty thick low end. I didn't have it loud. Um, there's one up at Guitar Center right now. Um, so if you want to check it out, you can. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, cool. Tanya. Well, that was a long and winding road. Like yeah. But there's more. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a little bit. Oh, just, when you thought, just when you thought it was safe to turn off your listening device. Just a little bit. Wanted to talk about uh, some alternative brands that were made by Marshall mm-hmm. that uh, some people probably by now most people recognize as uh as 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 real marshals but you know i think we should talk you know just throw a couple of names out there uh, probably the most common ones would be park mm-hmm. um as well as uh ci c no cmi see now i i, I think most people probably heard of park cmi i don't maybe not so much heard of cmi i have not so even chris hadn't okay yeah. mm-hmm. And then Kitchen <clears throat> Dash Marshall. Kitchen Marshall. Um, and a lot of these were uh, produced apparently in the distribution agreements that Jim Marshall signed. He could still make and distribute his own amps that were not called Marshall. Apparently, so like he Music did. Man kind of thing going on here. I don't know. Music Man amps were in the Fender amps and Park amps and the Marshall amps. No, Music Man, Music were, Man was, were, after was a different Fender. company. Yeah, well, that, that, after that, Leo that, left Fender, he started yeah, a new company like, called Music Man. Anyway, what, okay. No, no, this was running it. So, so in 1966, Marshall signed a deal with Rose Morse to be the exclusive distributor of Marshall products. Correct. Right. And he had some relationships with some stores and some people that he started making amps that were sold direct from the Marshall factory to these yep. other stores under alternative names. Essentially the same amps that mm-hmm. he was mer- w- making. Being sold as a Marshall yeah. would be labeled. Park or, or CMI mm-hmm. or Kitchen Marshall. Yep. And then there was another, my, my favorite name Narb. for... <laughs> Narb is Narb. My, that, my, that's my favorite, favorite name. <laughs> now, favorite for those clever listeners... You might realize that NARB is brand spelled backwards, which, as we talked earlier on, uh, Ken Brand, who was kind of the, uh, I guess, the brainchild of much of the of the early Marshall line. And so uh, apparently Jim did not like naming an amp after a breakfast cereal. So <laughs> instead of brand, Narb. it's NARB. <laughs> I heard somewhere, too, that the NARB wasn't like I know Park was went to a, a certain store, certain something. And the kitchen marshal went to I think there's kitchen stores. Yeah. Weren't the NARBs like to use up 
oddball parts or something? Uh, that could very well be, because I'm sure they had a, a stockpile of things. I thought that was the lore behind that, yeah. in part. But Yeah. And then there was also, uh, I don't remember, I don't think I've ever seen these other than in books, Big M. I had never heard of this until you mentioned it. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, those are just some... some now, alternative branded. Let, let's talk about the just quickly the the lore of Park because Park, and if you see Park on anything, it's kind of expensive. Even like I mean, you know, they came out with the Park pedal that sounds like a you know like a Park amp, but or you know is like right. amp in a box kind of thing. But what is what is the thing about Park other than it's just like kind of cool because it's just not the Marshall. availability, right? Yeah, because, because I mean, there were made, much smaller runs than what, yeah, because they were only supplying eight stores with Park versus eight hundred or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, okay. But as far as I know, they they were literally built same hand, same parts, just different different name on the front. <clears throat> right. There might have been a time I'm just speculating where Park, if you couldn't afford, although they, they might, you know, Marshalls weren't that the Plexis weren't that expensive. Maybe in the '90s, even I don't know when they started to become more collectible. But maybe you could get a park that was a Marshall for less. Oh, you might be right. Like I don't know if that's the, the 80s case. or 90s. I don't yeah. know if that's probably the case were. now. Now I think it'd be upside down. Yeah, maybe it's like that's a Marshall. But Although, you're probably right. Like 70s yeah. through 80s, people are like, who's park? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's this crap? You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not realizing that it was, I yeah. mean, this, seriously. This one says, just a brief, it says, so parks are typically warmer sounding than the equivalent Marshalls, yeah. like a 60s Marshall base model. The new, the new park. Mm. Of well, they they right maybe cap. had that uh, that oh. twist knob on it. Right, right, right. They had the tilt knob. Tilt added. knob. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, <laughs> no. most likely is, is, that's is this that a, was it. Is this talking vintage or is there a reissue? Um, something? Or? I think this might be in response to the the maybe did they do a reboot? I think there's a, a there's new, been reboots. Yeah, somebody's so bought is, the name and yeah, this yeah. was yeah. Uh, two thousand four. So, so that's negligible. If, if we take what information we can gather that they were made side by side with Marshall back in the day if you pulled a Marshall off the line and a park off the line they should be the same amp just right mm. and the, re the reason I was pulling up the Music Man thing is because I mean I know that Leah wasn't they, they weren't Fenders and Leah wasn't at Fender at the time mm -hmm. But they were. Are you sure of that? No. Well, it's almost like GNL. Like that's what I'm saying. Point. Is GNL and and it's a, it's and Music Man amps were basically like. Well, it's still Fender, you know. Yeah. Well, but but and, and both of those though, it was. You pick up the very first GNL, and it wasn't a Fender because Leo was always like, "Okay, what can I do now?" And and it was an advancement, so right. it was not the same sort. Well, it had the ceramic pickups, which I actually I kind of like. And I the mean, bridges, not that it, I like it better. I just I do like the output of a yeah. Tele GNL Tele because yeah. mm -hmm. it's got a little more yeah. of that P ninety ish. Don't like the headstock though. Anyway, yeah, the headstock on the, is, on the, the headstock jam, is weird. On the offshoot Let's not show, go off no. <laughs> okay, so so I gotta get to bed sometime. Tony, tonight. most most importantly, <laughs> yes. Um, I think we're wrapping this up, yes. and I think is Jared taking this one. Yes, of course. Did you give it to Jared? Are you nuts? You guys just want to switch? or Okay, go ahead. I'm fine. They're sharing a mic, everybody. <clears throat> Hepatitis beware. He's got a warm-up. Hold just on. Kidding. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's come to the time of the show where after Tony and good old Todd. <laughs> he got stuck. CC and Rob. All yeah. pack up in an El Camino and yeah, come down to my house. Yeah. And it's time for 
Would you rather? Well done. Nice. That's been missed. So you're walking down the street just like that. And all of a sudden, this van comes up and snags you and says, listen, you got to play blues tonight for uh, an Eric Clapton. uh, Is there an option to keep walking? There. No. <laughs> you see a strat in your future? Is you, that what you, yes. The van snatches you up, and you have to do like a uh, Eric Clapton, John Mayall tribute band kind of thing. Okay. Is this what we're reading here? <clears throat> yes. Okay. So. Sort of. Sort of. He. So this would you rather was sent by Bruce Bacon. He didn't yes. have a story. Of course, he just, Bruce. He, he just had a number one and number two. So I'm just kind of adding. Yes. The story so it's Marshall this. related. So, I like Bruce's uh, style, course, though. So you're at the gig, and they say, hey, look, you can either use uh, amp number one, which is Clapton's open back 212 Blues Breaker combo amp loaded with KT-66 tubes. It was used on the Beano album that defined the British blues sound. Or are you going to use number two, which is the stock number 39 Marshall Super Tremolo model, uh, 1959T non-master volume for appetite. Uh, oh, whoop. I'm sorry about that. The non-master volume head that was modeled by Tim Coswell at uh, Sir Hollywood and SIR. SIR, sorry, and used by Slash on Appetite for Destruction. It's almost like Chris was clairvoyant here. <laughs> oh yeah. Would you rather <clears throat> resurrect Clapton or Slash's amp? This is okay. Tough one. Well, for some of us, uh, thank you, Bruce, for sending that one in. That's uh, pretty fantastic. Seriously, though, take a second here. What Chris made special mention of both of these amps. I what know. Are the, I mean, and, and, seriously, and, clairvoyant. And Bruce yeah. had no idea. That we were honestly, I didn't even no, tell him we no, were doing Bruce this. Bruce and Chris, they 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 don't know each other. Do you guys know each other? You no. don't know. Okay, so what are the? I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, anyways. Well, uh, who goes first? Tony. Yes. You you always go first. Jared, is this is this a gig that you're you're doing a male tribute? It is, but it, there's about six hundred people in the crowd. Only 600? I would never play for only 600 people. (laughs) Pishtosh. Volume is not a concern, Tony. Volume is not a concern. I'm going to go... I mean, I... I I think Slash is a great player, but, I mean, in terms of the tone that Clapton got out of his Blues Breaker combo, I think that's the one I would resurrect. I mean, I think that's that's more along my style of playing anyhow. So I'm going with option number one, the Clapton Blues Breaker. Okay, Jared. This really isn't too hard for me because, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I mean, I'm, I'm a Slash fan. I grew up in that era. I know that tone on the record perfectly. Like, uh, if you played it right now, even to a crummy phone, I would still know it. Um so in saying that, of course, yeah, I'll definitely go with Slash. Okay. By the way, I think I think um, SAR is still in business, and they still do those mods, right? 
I don't know. Uh, I, I heard they some were. Mystery, a little, there's a little bit of mystery around that mod, that amp. Yeah, and SIR, um, boy, I, at that time, that was before Dave was there. Dave Friedman was there. But, oh, I thought Dave Friedman was the one that did that. On the SIR show, we'll yeah, get to sorry, that. Go sorry ahead. about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's Flash. see. What's Go ahead, name? Rob. <laughs> um, can Reaper I, of death. Can I add a thing that we get to keep the amp that we choose? Yes. No. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, yes. Um, the, the, the 1959T. Okay. The slash mod. Um, just because that, that fits me. And, and I think you could, you could roll off your volume knob enough and roll off the tone knob to get into blues, you know, the blues breaker kind of territory easier too. So you could still kind of get there, sure. but then crank it up and push it, you know? Um, and it fits me a little more dynamic, a little more raw where the blues, <clears throat> the blues breaker. I mean, it's tempting though. Cause I mean, all right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, they're so close. Those are quintessential amps. I'd probably roll with the blues breaker just cause like everyone's saying it sort of fits my style a little bit more, mm -hmm. but I mean, obviously there's, that's a super hard decision. And I agree with Rob on the, it being probably the, close to the blues breaker as far as rolling off i'd probably go with the blues breaker head though the, the combo the combo yes well i so you're the tiebreaker todd i'm going the blues breaker for sure wow. i thought you'd be going with the origin no what <laughs> <laughs> no that wasn't an option <laughs> uh, i'm surprised you go with the, no why would you go with the blues breaker uh, two reasons one because i don't rely on the marshall for my gain sound mm. that's number one number two i like I, I like a big fat combo. Like I think the they're cool. Amps, you know, yeah, you have and affinity to. I, I like the way it looks. Yeah. Well, no, and and also, it's it's. I mean, that's a that's a that's a lord amp. You know, so it's like, got a guy. Got to do that. Yeah. Yep. I get you. Yeah, because I like a little bit of sweet in my attack. You know what I mean? Now to ruin this, uh, go home tonight and Google search original Blues Breaker and oh, an original nineteen fifty nine T. Yeah, and just wait till you, if you find is, original is tea. Thing? No, no. The oh, price, the original tea is like the whoosh. price in the tea is. Whoosh. Yeah. In comparison, yeah, because wow. they made so few of those damn things. Mm. Wow. Well, <clears throat> yes, and uh, appetite is full of tremolo, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, let's let's we need to thank a few people. Yes, Todd, because at this point of the show, we're there's all a, about ready to fall over. We're yeah. going to give me, pass that it's bottle really over there. Time. Yes. There's a special group of people we love to thank. Todd? Yes. Are you listening? Uh, you know I am. I'm just checking. Okay. I thought you might have been dozing off over there. I'm not. These are our executive producers. Now, an executive producer makes the show possible. How do you become one? Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple different levels in which you can participate, become a sponsor, a patron, a hero yes. of the podcast. Each level comes with some very, very nice thank you gifts. You are the wind beneath our chicken wings. <laughs> That's a very bad chicken. How does, what does a chicken sound like? So Tony, it's getting late. It's like really late right now. Go. <laughs> Uh, did I ever tell you you're Stop. my hero? <laughs> I'm leaving. Goodbye. Wrap it up. But as an executive producer, there's one thing more. You get to have your name read on the thing. That's right, Jared. <laughs> your name read on the thing, and that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. 
Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mac D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garton, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, <laughs> John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. Yes. But wait, Thank you so very, yeah. There's more, Todd. Okay. Because there's a very, very special group of executive producers. We call them our grand poobas. These fine folks have a fez that they wear upon their head whilst listening to the podcast. And at the same time. Yes. So special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manesco, Ricardo Igreda, David Kaminga. Brandon Wham Pickups, yeah. Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, and Enrico Fernando. All right. Thank you. Thank you all so very, very, very much. We truly, truly appreciate you, and we could not continue to do this without your help that is absolutely real talk um we would love it if you have been considering joining that group of illustrious people uh do so we would we would love to uh have you part of our team so to speak all right uh tommy don't jerry (laughs) perry we it's, gotta I'm get so Todd tired. to bed. Stat. <laughs> Who's driving right. Todd home? <laughs> Tony. Todd? Where can people find you? Um, uh, probably here in the studio if we're still recording yeah. this thing. No, mm. head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I have available for sale on the website. But by and large, what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you're trying to do, and I will take very good care of you. Perfect. Instagram, jared.allen.brandon. Jared Brandon. Wait. Message me. Yeah, okay. Do that. Uh, let's see. Rob, how about yourself? Uh, Mad Cow Amplification, primarily on Instagram. Yes. And, and you send me an email as well. Seriously recommend uh, following your Instagram channel. I've been lazy lately, though. I haven't posted stuff. I've been so... Well, now you're going to have to. When, when just... I'm not posting, that means I'm working. Yes, so, you're, you are always working like a mad dog, but you yeah. always have interesting things yeah. to show. I need to post more. Okay, Chris. I would say go to my go to YouTube and search Plexi335. It's like one word, and I got about 10 uh, Marshall demos on there. Oh, perfect. From back cool. in the day. Oh, nice. Uh, what is it one more time? Plexi three three five. Plexi three three five. Do you have a website or anything that has like all your? 
prior musical stuff? No, but I have I have, have some links to some of the videos that we've done in some of the bands I've been in on my YouTube awesome. page, too. So I got a lot of stuff on my YouTube page. Okay. You can find nice. some stuff. Appreciate that, Rob. But yep. we can hear real action demos of the things we've been talking about. Of the real about. things. All right, fantastic. You can shoot me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram. Uh, I will pass on any messages to the rest of the clowns here. Uh, at Guitar Knobs is where you can find us. And please follow us. Uh, you know, as many things as we do and as many downloads and everything we have, the numbers uh, should be higher. So let's <laughs> boost that up. That's the goal. That's the goal. Let's boost do it. it. Boost, boost it. it. Boost, boost it. it. Boost <laughs> it. All right. Very good, guys. Um, also, please check out the Villantinos on nice. Spotify. We're going to be actually, when this comes out, at the end of this week, no. Pretty soon. We got new drops. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Remember. There's new stuff coming out. We have we have three more what releases coming Todd? out. What years is Todd? I am tired. Okay. Uh, and I've had, I worked a full day. We actually had, you know, we have I day understand. jobs. So. Yeah. Um, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging in there for, uh, hopefully was a entertaining and um, educational show. I know I learned a whole bunch of stuff. I want to especially thank... Um, Chris Connor for swinging by, um, and uh, I think he's gonna. You know, you're you're a friend of the show now. Yeah, man. So our doors open anytime you want to roll in here and grab all a right. seat. Okay, all right. sounds good. Um, all right, Jared, thank you so much for coming in and surprising good to see me, you, Jared. Hello, everybody. Yes, Love we you, miss Jared. you terribly, Rob. Go kick rocks. All right, everybody, <laughs> have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe. Yeah. Oof. Oh, man, I'm fried. Okay. So tell John not to wake me up until 8 a.m. I'm going to be asleep in the recording. <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> Cloud be back. Tony's stuck. <laughs> no, somebody. Yes, I'm almost 100% sure it is. Sweet. Which means I'm probably wrong. But yep, anyways, yep, like I said, I got to read it. I got to. What's going on? Yeah, just, just listen. Yeah. Flap is good. I think it's pretty good. I got to send some of you guys. Yeah. yeah. And then Todd Todd talks Sounds for good. The, the next 30, 30, 30 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, you're not wrong. All right. Let's go. All right, let's do stuff. All right. I, I don't have anything. Dude, do we have a, a giant rubber band? Reach your left hand out. I'll be I'll be or grab yeah. the It's gonna grab him. He's gonna Jared, what the hell are you doing here? I love you. Yeah. Get one of those fur blankets and put it behind you. That way It'll you won't fine. hurt so bad. Yeah. Fucking dark in here. It's not that dark. Oh my god. You're sitting above you're sitting below all You've got the, the lights. V. Look at you what, have the what, most what, lights. What, 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 uh, that, cool. that was great. Part they were just parts casters. I things. think so, yeah. And then Kramer's like, wait a minute. Right. Right. Yeah, they were put, we're right. gonna make you a guitar, son. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarknobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, Four on the Floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitarknobs. Catch you next time.